A very good morning to you on this Thursday, the 14th of January. I'm Steve Clark and I'm curate in Chapelfields Hub. Today we carry on our series of reflections under the heading Journeying Out, Pushing Through. And the heading for today is Party Spirit, the Enemy of Mission. Before I read our section of scripture, may I just say that wherever you're listening to this or reading this, may the Lord be truly with you. So our reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarrelling among you, are you not of the flesh, and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labour of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, 
God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think you are wise in this age, you should become fools, so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Kephas, or the world or life or death, or the present or the future. All belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. I was born in 1954, and two months before my sixth birthday, on New Year's Day 1960, my baby sister was born. Four years after that, my baby brother came along. Consequently, from an early age, I was quickly conscripted into the upbringing team charged with looking after my younger siblings. I soon knew what real nappies were. Following that, I rapidly became adept at changing them without impaling my patient with the rather large safety pins. I was familiar with all the trusted products that were essentials of that transition from baby to toddler and beyond. Cowangate milk, Farley's rusks, Heinz baby foods to name but a few. The tastes still linger on in the memory, particularly stewed apples. Ugh. What also sticks in the memory is the celebratory occasion when the baby first moved from liquids to solids and the Farley's rusk could be consumed in their biscuit state. That was certainly a rite of passage in itself. St. Paul says to the Corinthians, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Obviously the brand names that I grew up with were non-existent when St. Paul wrote those words to the budding church in Corinth. However, his allegory takes in the same fundamental development of humans and points out there is a similar development phase to the spiritual life also. The spiritual life also needs careful nurturing and nursing. If not, then immaturity can linger longer than it naturally should and lead to stunted growth. In its early years, a child is naturally possessive of its toys, etc., and has to be taught the benefit and beauty of sharing. Initially, everything is my this and 
my that. It's a labour of love to show the child the advantages of sharing and to explain it's as much to do about receiving as it is about giving. The mutual benefit is something to be desired. According to Paul, the Corinthian church was showing its naivety. The factions that had arisen as a result of people declaring, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, evidence their immaturity. What, on the face of it, appears to be loyalty and allegiance to the person who has urged them most in the faith, also has the sinister side of ownership to it. This is my Paul, my Apollos. They are badges of separation. St. Paul goes on to say, For we are God's servants, working together. Paul recognises and exhibits that effective mission is realised when those involved engage on a journey of spiritual formation together. As the old hymn has it, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. It is from the deepest moments of his life, death and resurrection that the church was and is created. For the church, Christ is the springboard of missional activity. He is the son of the God of mission, the God who created everything and everyone. That means, cross-culturally, there is something to be gleaned of him. As much as we would like to think so, we do not know it all. The great missional discharge that Jesus gives in Luke 10, verses 1 to 12, where he sends out the missionaries into the abundant harvest, that belongs to God. Furthermore, the first thing they are to do is to receive hospitality from strangers, for this is a clear sign that they have met with people of peace. Once that has been established, then the twofold exchange materialises. The missionaries eat, heal the sick, and announce the kingdom. To receive hospitality, then, is to overcome our prejudice and our assumptions about others and ourselves. It requires us to put to one side, or even let go of, what we think is precious, in order to receive what the other has to share with us. It's in this exchange that we open up our culture to different ways of thinking, being and doing. God's creation is a school of learning from cradle to grave and beyond. In the safe space which people of peace create, dialogue and hospitality can feed us pearls of wisdom that a closeted experience of life would never offer. 
So what are the things in life that should change from mine to ours? What badges of separation could I lay down so that there is an invitation to learn from others? A prayer for today. Gracious God, you speak to us in all kinds of ways and through all kinds of people. Forgive us that we are sometimes close to what you have to say. Forgive us that we avoid that which challenges, disturbs or unsettles us, preferring to criticise and condemn rather than face the issues raised. Forgive us that we are swift to find fault with those we don't agree with, shutting our ears rather than listening to their point of view. Forgive us that we become so bogged down in what we think is right, so sure of our own convictions and set in our ways that we resent anything new. Gracious God, open our hearts this day to the living reality of Christ. Open our minds to the sweeping breath of your Holy Spirit. Open our souls so that all that you would do and say may be heard by us. And so assured of your mercy and renewing power, help us to live truly as your people. In the name of Christ. Amen. May God's blessings be upon you and upon your loved ones this day and forevermore. Amen.